Hey guys, this is Harry and Ralph from Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go. We are a video game podcast that releases content every Sunday, alternating between full game reviews and general gaming conversation. Our reviews include in-depth analysis on plot, audio graphics, and gameplay, and we throw in little-known facts on the game development. We provide uncomfortable sexual tension, harassment towards each other while being analytical about the game of the week, and endless, poorly executed impersonations. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go, where sensitivity is a foreign concept. Welcome to episode 38 of the Superpowered Fancast. This is Darren. Uh, so this being the opening week of Black Panther, um, it means, of course, that there's huge, huge news in the uh, in the geek world, in the geek sphere that has come out this week. And <clears throat> I'm just going to try and talk about as much of it as I can, as much of it that I enjoyed. And I want to hear from you. So you can definitely um, email me at superpoweredfancast at gmail.com. You can uh, read news and articles on superpoweredfancast.com. And you can follow me on Twitter uh, at superpoweredfan. So let's just kind of break it down and dive into it. And we're going to start with the movie news. So with everyone, with with the eyes of the world basically uh, turned towards Black Panther. So, of course, the other studios, they have to, you know, put something out there to talk about, just to give us something to to whet our appetites and give us some uh, something new to, to fawn over and just kind of get us excited. So we had a lot of trailers this week that were that were some were awesome. Some weren't. Some uh, were better than expected. So the first one I want to talk about is the uh, Deadpool 2 trailer. And I think it's nice that the, it's nice when it's necessarily funny, but I think it's nice that they're just kind of keeping it at Deadpool 2. Like they may break out another uh, another title, but at this point it's basically just Deadpool 2. So the Deadpool 2 um, trailer is is pretty much everything you would expect from a Deadpool trailer. It was incredibly funny. Uh, had some some great visuals. I love the fact that uh, even in the midst of the trailer, they they had to stop and uh, they had to stop because the the effects weren't done. So that was that was a funny moment because then you had um, you had Wade, you had uh, Ryan Reynolds, just kind of interrupting the whole thing because they hadn't CGI'd. Uh, they hadn't CGI'd uh, Cable's arm, so you just had Josh Brolin walking around with a green arm, and that was funny. And then um, the fact that he kind of, you know, put in a dig at Justice League and uh, as far as uh, saying we're not, it's not like we're trying to remove a mustache, uh, that line is definitely going to get some uh, <laughs> definitely going to get some hate uh, some hate feedback from uh from my Justice League and, and the Zack Snyder fans, but you know it it was it was hilarious. So that was the, one of the uh, that was the first trailer that um, it kind of came out that was that was really good. And then you also kind of got a really good look at I guess the the team 
that uh, that Cable is going to be either leading or that Wade is going to be part of. Because there's a scene where they're all kind of look like they're about to jump off the back of a plane, and you got Wade there, and you got Domino, and um, you got Terry Crews' character who I don't know yet. And then like if you look in the back, it looked like you got Shatterstar. So I don't know if we have like our first look at uh, at X Force on screen, but um, it, it's but it's interesting so i would definitely uh definitely check it out because it's it's a great it's a great trailer and you know uh, deadpool 2 coming out may 18th so just right around the corner so we got some uh some new movie news and this is from uh from lucasfilm uh and it's actually kind of a twofer so your the first thing we did was we got a new trailer. we got well not new trailer we got the first trailer for Solo, a Star Wars story. Now they did a teaser during the Super Bowl, but they did the full kind of teaser trailer uh, on Good Morning America uh, Monday, and a lot of people had kind of found it underwhelming. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was. Uh, I mean, it didn't. Here's the thing: it it really didn't excite me, but it didn't turn me off. Like, it didn't make me not want to go see the movie. Like, I've always had a, a concept issue with doing a, uh, a Han Solo, pardon the pun, solo film. But, um, you know, this didn't look bad. Uh, I think, like a lot of people, I thought the, uh, you know, I thought Lando was awesome. I thought there should have been, like, more of a focus on Lando. I like the fact that uh, that Amelia Clark is in the film. Uh, you got a chance to see... Uh, Woody Harrelson's uh, character. Um, so I mean, it's it and visually, there's a lot of really good stuff to to look at. I kind of like the um, kind of like the space train. Well, not even necessarily space train, but the future train uh, scene. I I like the uh, the uh, the kind of chase that they're doing. in. I don't know if it's the Falcon, but it may be just another uh, Corellian. A Corvette that they're that they're using that might be a precursor to the Falcon, but I kind of like that that chase scene. I don't know if it's a Kessel Run, but you know I don't know how you could not have the Kessel Run in a Han Solo movie, especially a Han Solo origin movie. Um, but as far as just kind of what you see on the screen, I didn't hate it, I didn't love it, I was a little indifferent, but I kind of. Um, but it's it's gotten me it's gotten me thinking, and I think if they do another trailer that's more, that's a little bit more interesting, I think they'll kind of have my buy-in. Now the next bit of uh, Star Wars related news is um, DB Weiss and uh, uh, David uh, Benioff, uh, who are the creators and executive producers and writers of. Um, <clears throat> writers of Game of Thrones, uh, they have been brought in uh, by Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy to write a new trilogy of Star Wars films, and these are going to be separate films. So they're not going to be part of the not going to be part of the main trilogy that uh, that I get that I think Ryan Johnson is kind of closing out um, after um, after Episode Nine. So these are going to be. Uh, these are going to be films that are in the Star Wars universe, but are not going to be saga films. They're not going to be about Skywalkers at all. 
So it, it's interesting. And you got a, um, a Kathleen Kennedy, who's the president of Lucasfilm. Uh, she released a statement. She said, um, and I quote, uh, David and Dan are some of the best storytellers working today. Uh, their command of complex characters, depth of story, and richness of mythology will break new ground and boldly push Star Wars in ways I find incredibly exciting. And frankly, I do too. I know there's a lot of people who have kind of, you know, gone the other way with it, and there's a lot of criticism about them being brought in, but I'll put it to you this way. You've got guys who have, you got two guys who have crafted probably the most anticipated season of television Every year since the first, they've done nothing but, uh, you know, create, create buzz, create excitement. And for the most part have delivered. I, if there's one thing I look forward to, it's, it's game of Thrones. And I know a lot of people do. And it's, and it's the writing, even when they piss me off by doing something I don't like, it's still the fact that they, from a writing perspective, went there. They went somewhere I wasn't expecting. And because of that, I am absolutely on board to see what they're going to do with Star Wars. And literally just for what she says, complex characters, depth of story, richness and mythology. The fact that they're going, I mean, that means that they could open up entire avenues of the Star Wars universe. And I know, um, I know a lot of people are like, well, they need to do the expanded universe or a lot of people who want, uh, who want them to do like, uh, Old Republic, and that's po- and that's possible. My thing is, is that and it's just going back to my whole, uh, going back to one of the points I made about Star Wars going into the Last Jedi. Your expectations are going to kill your experience. The more you go into a Star Wars film being upset that they're not meeting your expectations, the less you're going to enjoy Star Wars. And that's and if you're going into, and if you're expecting, if you're expecting them to do old Republic or to do expanded universe, then you're going to be disappointed and rightfully so because then that, because what it does is it takes away their ability to be creative. And then the only thing they're, they're doing is, I guess to put it, to to break it down is that there, you want them to craft your vision. And that's not how creativity works. Their job is not to create your vision. Their job is to create their own within the con within within the context and world and mythology of these characters. Their job is not to deliver you what you want. Their job is to tell a story that hopefully will engage you. And that's really all I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm looking forward to with any project, with any movie, with any TV show, with any book, with any comic, something to engage me. And I think these guys, the fact that these guys have engaged me not only in a book series that I that I love, but even with the changes that they've made to it, they still managed to engage me and surprise me. And that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want from Star Wars. It's actually one of the reasons why I enjoyed Last Jedi was because it was surprising. A lot of things that happened in that movie I wasn't expecting. And the fact that I enjoyed it is because I didn't go in there with the expectation that they were required to do anything that I wanted on the screen. So that's... Well, we're going to get into some more uh, Star Wars news later in the in the in the TV news. But um, the last kind of uh, movie thing I want to talk about, it actually probably won't be the last uh, movie thing I'm talking about. But it's, it's one of the bigger things I want to talk about is um, they 
is that Sony released the uh, the first teaser for Venom, uh, starring Tom Hardy. Now, I, I, from a concept perspective, was not necessarily on board with there being a Venom movie. I didn't think it was necessary. I've never particularly thought the character was that interesting. I think even when they made him a an anti-hero, I, I don't think he actually got particularly interesting until he moved from Eddie Brock to Flash Thompson. Like, he, he became an, more interesting a character. But I've never found Eddie Brock to be interesting. I've never found Venom to be interesting beyond being a villain because in essence he is just the uh he's he's the reverse flash of spider-man he but with no brains like here's the thing like reverse flash at least has a plan reverse flash at least you know even though he's you know even though he's the he's the opposite of of uh of flash he at least you know oh no there's something substantive to him this is an alien symbiote who mimics uh, Spider-Man's powers and doesn't like him because Eddie Brock doesn't like him. That's, I mean, that's as a as a villain, as a limited villain, that works. But as a as a character, I've always found it to be, you know, meh. Anyway, so the you know they've they made a the Sony has made a Venom movie which may or may not connect to Spider-Man, but they've released the first teaser of it. And it is the, it's a, it's a teaser. So you're not, you're not going to expect anything considering they just recently finished filming. I'm actually surprised they released a tra- a teaser at all, but they did. And I mean, and bes- unfortunately, besides a lot of really great shots of Tom Hardy walking, there's just nothing there. There's really a lot. There's a lot of scenes that look like there's going to be effects added later. Like there's a scene with like a bunch of scientists and all jerking at the same time, which which looks to me like they're all at that point being impaled by uh, by a symbiote. But there's really nothing to the teaser. I, I there's, there's nothing to it. There's Tom Hardy doing a lot of walking. Tom Hardy looking at the camera. Uh, Tom Hardy, you know, looking like something is happening to him, but you don't see anything else. I didn't necessarily want to see Venom in the first teaser, but what they showed was just kind of boring. I mean, I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. It was just, it was, I was bored by it. Didn't make me not want to see the film, but it's, it hasn't necessarily enticed me to want to see it to want to see it. It hasn't, it hasn't increased my desire to see the film. It's like, if I, if I were to gauge my interest in a Venom film on a scale from one to 10, I'd say concept wise, I was at a three. Um, casting wise brought me up to a four. Cause I love Tom Hardy. I think he's a great actor. Um, they brought in Michelle Williams and Riz Ahmed. So that brought me up to, I'd, I'd say probably a five. So I was halfway there, you know, just as far as desire to see the film, and then the teaser trailer just kind of brought me back down to maybe like a four and a half. Cause it's just, you know, I'm still not seeing anything particularly interesting there. So, I mean, who knows? It may, um, that may change, but at this point I was just, it was the, the least venomy of venom trailers that I could, 
that I can imagine. And it just just ne- didn't necessarily seem like a reason to have a, a teaser or to have a trailer in the first place. I think they I think they should have waited longer. If they waited longer and had a couple of effects in there, had some had some really good effects in there, I think it would have increased my desire to see the film more. But you know who knows. Um, so another piece of uh, of movie news is Joaquin Phoenix is in talks to play the Joker in the standalone film from uh, executive produced by Martin Scorsese and directed by Todd Phillips. Now, I don't know if it's still executive produced by Martin Scorsese. That was a big story, but I haven't necessarily heard a whole lot about his involvement or his continued involvement. So we'll see. But I do know that uh, Todd Phillips is still uh, on board and he really wants Joaquin Phoenix. Now, I... Love Joaquin Phoenix as an actor. I've never, and maybe it's just me, but I don't necessarily see him. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe the, the I don't see him smile a whole lot. So that's always been, so that's kind of weird for me, but you know, we'll see how it goes. It's one of those things where it's a, it's such an interesting concept that until I actually kind of, that it's taking me a while to kind of put it in, uh, perspective as something that I can digest, but there are a lot of people who are huge fans who can see it and more power to you. If, if anybody has like concept art or something like something they've, they've drawn or can point me in the direction, please feel free to DM, DM me on Twitter at superpowered fan and point me in the direction notes so that maybe I can see someone else's vision of what that would look like. So uh, the last piece of of uh yeah and this is actually going to be the last piece the last piece of movie news i'll probably talk about is um the cloverfield paradox now i love the cloverfield films ever since the the original and this is the third film in that series they've got a fourth one supposed that's that's coming out soon called overlord but uh cloverfield paradox um there was a kind of like a bit, not necessarily a bidding war, but Netflix was trying to um, purchase this film from Universal. And it had, you know, they kind of had been going back and forth and, and the news was just about, I guess, the, the negotiation type of it. I, I covered it myself on, on SuperpoweredFanCast.com. But then we found out that um, Netflix purchased Cloverfield Effect. And right after releasing the trailer for it, not Cloverfield Effect, the Cloverfield Paradox, when they they released the trailer for it and then announced that the film would be premiering that night, right after the Super Bowl. So just as a great, it's a really great marketing tool that they've done, that they do with the Cloverfield movies anyway. But this was a great, but this was a great one as well. Now you can read my full review on uh, superpoweredfancast.com, but just to let you know, I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film. Uh, I, I didn't answer all of my questions, but I wasn't necessarily expecting it to. There's some great visuals. There's some good. Um, I mean, there's some stuff in the beginning that really just kind of uh, just lays the groundwork for the other films. And uh, there's a scene at the end that just kind of um, ties it together, which which just kind of lets you know, hey, this is. The Cloverfield Paradox, in essence, seems to be the catalyst for the events in the other films. 
uh, as they travel through uh, time and space. So it's it's interesting on that note, and I can kind of see where it's where it's going, and I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the performances a lot. I liked uh, David Oya. <clears throat> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this man's name wrong, and I'm gonna apologize for it. But uh, David Oya Oye Lowo or okay, Olewo. Um, he, he was great. Um, Gugu Mbatha Raw was amazing. Um, Chris O'Dowd, who I love from the uh, uh, from the IT crowd, and um, I love from uh, from Get Shorty. He he's great in it. Um, Daniel Brule is in it. Elizabeth Debicki from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is in it. Uh, she plays a great character. It just kind of just. I mean, I, I would definitely recommend checking it out because I, I really enjoyed it. So going into uh, television news and by television news, I just kind of mean like news that's not uh, movie specific, but um, we're kind of going a little bit all over the place. But um, so Disney has a new streaming service that they're starting, that they're trying to, I guess, have ready for fall of 2019. And what they're doing is they've got a slate of movies and TV shows that they're going to be putting on uh, this service. And one of them is if you're a, you know, I guess a, a kid of the 90s uh, or the was it the 90s or the 2000s. I don't know. I mean, it's it's it was it's after my time, but in time for me to know who the characters are. But um, Disney is developing a live action uh, Kim Possible film for their streaming service. And they're, I guess they're, they're in the midst of, of casting it. And if you don't know who Kim Possible is, and you know, if you're a geek, I don't know how you couldn't, but you know, it's about a, um, it's about a high school student named uh, Kim Possible, who is also like a, a super a secret agent along with her, her best friend slash sidekick, Ron Stoppable. Um, they take on, uh, take on global threats. And what was always interesting about it is the fact that her parents knew what she was doing and, uh, I guess condoned it. Like it wasn't something, it was an interesting plot point that it wasn't something that she had to hide. Like she didn't have to hide who she was except from, except from the people in, uh, I guess the, the other people in her life, the people at school. But, um, and then uh, Deadline has a story that there's some other new titles coming to uh, the the Disney streaming service. And some of those titles are, and they kind of said that those things got announced. Um, uh, it, there's a a new Don Quixote movie uh, who uh, written by um, Billy Ray, who's the writer of Hunger Games and the upcoming uh, Cloverfield movie uh, Overlord. Um, there's going to be a new version of Lady and the Tramp. Don't know if it's animated or live action. Uh, a remake of Three Men and a Baby. Uh, a live action remake of The Sword and the Stone. I did. I've, I've reported on that before. And there's also going to be a not only an animated Monsters Inc. series. Uh, there's going to be an unknown Marvel Studios live action series that hasn't been announced. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. Fingers crossed that it's um, that it's New Warriors because I haven't heard anything about that show since it was supposed to go to Freeform, and it didn't. And 
you know, people are, and it's looking for a new home. I'm hoping that it's going to be on the streaming service, but it was supposed to be released, um, supposed to be released, I guess, sometime later this year. So that wouldn't be possible. So hopefully it'll find a home. If not, I would, I would put it on the streaming service, but there's also going to be, uh, like Disney CEO, Bob Iger said, there's going to be multiple star Wars branded, uh, television series for the service. So it can be both, um, animated and, uh, live action. So, I'm looking forward to those as a Star Wars fan because, again, I love it, the I love how the universe is expanding. I know it's not the expanded universe, but that was a separate thing, and I, I enjoyed it for what it was. But I kind of like seeing this new canon forming. Um, we also got our first look at Westworld season two. Uh, I thought it was a great trailer. I like how they used. Um, uh, I like how they used "Runaway" from uh, from Kanye West as the as kind of the theme for the um, for the trailer. Uh, I like how it's looking like. I mean, is this? It looks like full on revolt of the hosts uh, on Westworld, and the fact that all the the viral marketing and all the the viral campaign stuff uh, from Delos is uh, pushing in the direction of the. Uh, additional uh, parks and sites. I'm 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 relatively sure we're going to see more um, from from that side. We're going to see more from like I guess uh, Samurai World or uh, hopefully Future World or things like that. Um, the next thing is Jessica Jones season two, which will be coming to Netflix on March eighth. Uh, this this season looks like it's it's definitely all about Jessica's past. So it looks like we're going to see, like, if you look at the trailer, there's a lot of stuff about the accident that, uh, that, you know, gave her, that, that put her in a position where she got her powers, but also killed her family. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, looks like a lot of information, uh, about that. And I think that's going to be the overarching mystery for, uh, season two. Uh, just kind of her, uh, not only her dealing with her past, but apparently dealing with one of the uh, dealing with maybe another kind of test subject from uh, from where she was from where she was housed. And it looks like she's going to be kind of um, maybe not necessarily framed for this person's crimes, but but we'll see. So that that's that's going to be interesting to, to see. So it's, that's March 8th on Netflix and um, Amazon who is kind of clearing house a little bit on a lot of their, uh, on a lot of their scripted series. They're kind of getting rid of a lot of, uh, high concept stuff. And let's uh, say high concept. I think they're getting rid of a lot of, uh, a lot of series that haven't necessarily connected with a large audience and they're going for series that in their opinion will. So, I mean, I've talked about the fact that they're doing a live action Lord of the Rings series, so that's 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 one thing, and they've they've done a multi-year commitment to that. But now they're doing a uh, a Conan the Barbarian series for Amazon. So they're they're definitely going all in with the uh, fantasy and sword and sorcery uh, series. So that's that's definitely going to be something interesting to 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 see to see develop. Now, first of all, I I want to know who they're going to cast as Conan. 
And if you have any ideas, you know, let me know. I said probably the last bit of uh, TV news to talk about is um, Once Upon a Time is ending uh, after seven seasons. Uh, I kind of kind of had an idea this is that this is where it was going um, because you you lost the majority of your cast at the end of last season. You had to change the well, not had to, but they changed the entire concept of the series and kind of and, and they aged up Henry and basically did a whole new series with, with the remaining cast. And I don't know if it's necessarily connected with the audience, but they will be ending the series at the end of this, uh, at the end of this season. So it's a bit of fond farewell to once upon a time, um, a show I've actually enjoyed for, for many seasons. Um, I said, uh, getting into the comic book news and by comic book news, I kind of mean like comic everywhere. Cause you know, we talk about, I mean, the, the comic book stuff is kind of peppered into everything, but I'm talking about actual comic books. I'm talking about the actual, you know, go to your, your comic book shop, pick up this issue written by this guy. And I want to talk about some of the ones that I read this week, uh, like some of the the highlights of the ones that I that I really enjoyed, and some of the ones that are coming out um, that are coming out this week. Uh, I guess I'm talking about the ones I read last week and the ones that are coming out this week that I think are are worth your while. Um, now the first one that I read that came out last week is uh, is X Men Red number one, and this is uh, from Marvel Comics. is written by Tom Taylor. At uh, art by uh, Mahmoud Asrar, and this is after uh, after the at the end of Phoenix Resurrection, uh, Jean Grey is back, and she's decided that she's going to uh, do something bold, something bold and big to try and change a try and kind of change the world for the better, and you know you you know where. Where that always leads when a character uh, tries to do that, but she's going to try and do something interesting. And this interesting thing that she does includes speaking with and kind of getting feedback from the smartest people in the world, and that includes uh, Black Panther. So she and her plan involves like rescuing mutants it's kind of she's kind of taking the concepts of uh genosha uh or like like a mutant uh haven and kind of moving it into uh kind of taking that concept and moving it forward and it's the 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 first issue culminates in some really great some really great writing some really great dialogue and a really good twist ending that brings back a classic X-Men villain uh, that is going to be kind of like the thorn in Jean's side. So it's uh, it's a really great comic. I definitely recommend you picking it up. Uh, X-Men Red, number one. Uh, the next uh, one I want to talk about is uh, Superman number 40. 
uh, from DC Comics. Uh, this one was written by uh, James Robinson as uh, art by Doug Monkey. Monk or Monkey, I'm saying it wrong. Hopefully, I can uh, talk to him one day and he can tell me how to say it right. Um, so, if you know, if you know Mr. Monk or Monk, please uh, reach out to him. Let him know that I'd love to interview him. I love his art and I'd love to talk to him about it. Um, anyway, uh, this one is. Uh, Clark and John at the Fortress of Solitude and uh, Clark well, kal he is there with his son to commemorate the, the destruction of the planet Krypton and at the same time it turns out that there's another planet that is in a similar situation uh, the two decide they're going to go to the planet to try and see what they can do to help and they find when they get there that they're not necessarily welcome so that's um, that's interesting. It's an, it's an interesting story. I'm hoping it doesn't take too many issues to resolve, just because from a story perspective, it doesn't particularly feel like it doesn't feel like a three or four part arc. It just feels like something that could probably be resolved in the next in the next issue, uh, issue forty one. And I'm hoping it does because I think if it's I think if it stands alone as that as that story from you know getting there to getting back. I think it'll be a nice tight, some nice tight storytelling. Uh, uh, the next one I want to talk about is uh, Dark Knight's Rising: The Wild Hunt. Uh, this is also from DC Comics. It's written by Scott Snyder, uh, Grant Morrison, James Tiny in the Fourth, and Joshua Williamson. So you talk about some some great writers on this story. It's got art by Howard Porter, Jorge Jimenez, uh, Doug. Mank again and Jamie Mendoza. This is a great story because it's it's not necessarily about um, the league, as it were. It's it's a dark it's def it's a Dark Knight's metal tie-in. So it is about uh, it is during the events of Dark Knight Metal, and and Snyder has said that this is basically kind of uh, since uh, Dark Knight's Metal Five has already come out. And six is the final issue coming out in March. He said, "This is uh, this this is in essence um, Metal 5.1." So it's it's a really fun story, and it uh, has to deal with uh, Detective Chimp and a lot of and, and the big brains of of the DC universe, including uh, Tio Maro and and Savannah, and they're trying to uh, find a way to communicate with. Um, with Flash's team as they're in the membrane of the bloodstream of the of the multiverse, trying to find a way, trying to trying to find help, and it's really a great high concept uh, book. There's some some great action moments. There's some great uh, psychological moments with the with the Dark Multiverse Batman, especially uh, Dawnbreaker drowned and ultimately red death like there's some great moments between the three of them when they just kind of realize who they actually were before this whole thing started so that's that's some great character building some great character moments and definitely a, a book I, a book i'd recommend and it comes out this wednesday i think it's a great it's a great book and it's a great story from a great series now the last uh, comic i want to talk about is uh, Daredevil number 598. 
from uh, Marvel Comics. Uh, this one was written by Charles Soule with art by Ron Garney. And this is a continuation of the Mayor Fisk storyline, which is which I think is probably is, is really well written. It's about um, you know Wilson Fisk is now the mayor of New York, and he's brought in Matt Murdock to be the deputy mayor. And both of them think they're doing it for for completely different reasons. Like um, uh, Fisk thinks he's Fisk thinks that he that bringing in Murdock keeps him from advocating for superheroes and keeps him in line. Uh, Matt coming in uh, means that he can spy on uh, the Kingpin from the, from the comfort of his own office. And those are some great scenes. And the one, the other thing that is, that is happening throughout the plot is you have a um, mystery street artist named Muse who is defending superheroes by painting murals on, um, on buildings all over the city. And it's, it's really ticking off uh, Wilson Fisk. And, but at the same time, uh, Daredevil is, who is, you know, wanted by the police now because, you know, because <laughs> Wilson Fisk is the mayor. Um, yeah, Daredevil, who is uh, trying to find out what else Kingpin has, has planned. And he does that by following Wesley. And we get to see uh, Wesley having meetings with Black Cat, the Owl, Diamondback, um, just uh, basically the 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 creme de la creme of the criminal underworld of New York in in Marvel Comics. So some great tense moments, especially uh, tense moments between uh, Fisk and and Murdoch. This is a great scene in in the mayor's office between the two of them, and it's a really good book. I would definitely definitely recommend picking it up. So, uh, that's it for, uh, this episode of the Superpowered Fancast. Um, there's a lot of good news, a lot of great news that came out this week. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great news coming out next week. And I'm going to, I'm doing my best to get back to doing this weekly. So I'm going to, uh, kind of, you know, uh, work my, work my well and work, work myself into making sure that I'm doing this on a weekly basis. And part of that is by doing a rundown so that I kind of know what I want to talk about from week to week. And I'll probably break it down to like movies, TVs and comics. And uh, I may add some more. I may add a category or take a category away if there's nothing there. But um, I'm definitely going to try and talk about things in that vein. Uh, the other thing is, is that I'm, I'm working on uh, getting some new interviews um, for, for you guys to hear, I definitely want, I'm definitely hoping to talk to, to Scott Snyder again, um, before the release of metal six and just kind of talk about, uh, wild hunt and, and the conclusion of dark Knight's metal. So if you have any questions, uh, for, for me or Scott Snyder about, um, uh, please send them to a superpowered fancast, superpowered fancast at gmail.com. Um, I also want to say that anyone who's listening who wants to advertise on the podcast, uh, you can go to advertisecast.com uh, and look for a superpowered fancast. Uh, we offer some really great, uh, some really great rates, uh, for ads and 
have multiple platforms with which to showcase uh, what you'd like to what what you'd like to sell or what you'd like people to listen to, which like people to read. And I am more than willing to just kind of let everyone know about those things on those platforms. So uh, advertisecast uh, dot com. Uh, look for a superpowered fan cast and drop me a line. Uh, so until next week, and it will be next week. Um, this is Darren for Superpowered Fancast, uh, signing off and uh, wishing all of you all a great week. And Black Panther is coming out at the. I'm not gonna. Black Panther is coming out at the. By the time this this comes out, it'll be the week of Black Panther. So Black Panther will be coming out at the end of that week, which means I will absolutely be doing a probably a a long Black Panther diatribe uh, this weekend. In addition to the, or it may just be the entire, it may just be all of next week's show will just be my thoughts on Black Panther and the phenomena and all of that. And I'll talk about the history and I'll talk about the movie and I'll give my review, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of Black Panther talk in the next episode. Uh, so definitely tune in and for Superpower Fancast, I'm signing off and I'm saying I will talk to you next week. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!